when it comes to new year, new me, it was more about what are some of the easy steps I could take to kind of build momentum, the disciplined decisions on what you allow time and space for in your life is one of the very first things you can do to build some momentum on making. So I think that there's a lot of easy, 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 really inexpensive biohacks to kind of get your basometabolic function back under control. Have I made really aggressive use of what modern medicine has to offer? Absolutely. The biohacking, the change, the building momentum for the new year doesn't have to be that complicated, but it's crucially important that everyone decide that it's time. I'm the great patient advocate. I'm out there searching for every great toy to help you obtain whatever your goals are. Welcome to the Zero Downside Podcast with Dr. Wade McKenna, sponsored by MoabTexas.com. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Zero Downside. Today's episode is going to be over the infamous New Year, New Me, in which sometimes sounds very intimidating on ways to approach a New Year, New Me. You want to feel like you're actually making the significant change, but Dr. McKenna is going to give you simple biohacking techniques to actually give you the steps to making change and not so cold, hard, quitting everything. So I'm going to leave it up to the expert and Mike Mitchell as well to give you all of these biohacking tips and tricks for your new year. Thank you. I, I, I will tell I look, I think if anyone, if anyone searching us <laughs> looks at videos of me speaking at some of the places I lectured previous, I look a little different, right? And um, it, it wasn't that that I just started the journey to health um, out, out of even choice, really. Um, it was, but but it didn't start. Like a, a year ago, I didn't say, hey, I want to lose 100 pounds this year. I didn't say, look, I'm going to get back in shape. I'm. It started with little steps because it, it's more sustainable, right? What I think of, and I think we talked about this a little bit, I, I think of health because that's really what our clinic is about. My approach to healthcare is avoiding illness thinking, right? Like it, the allo allopathic medicine is you treat symptoms of a disease. Osteopathic thinking is about holistic medicine. Like how do I help your body do better, right? And, and so I think that the very formation of a lot of my thought, even though I did allopathic training as an orthopedic surgeon and I did trauma surgery fellowship and uh, at, at, you know, Tampa General Hospital, the only level one hospital in the entire West Coast, uh, very, very happy with my experience. But it was very Western medicine, traditional oriented. But I wanted that as a background because I think it's the thought process you approach stuff with that really makes the defining moments in life. So when it comes to new year, new me, it was more about what are some of the easy steps I could take to kind of build momentum. And, and there's a lot of easy things to do that just with simple, easy steps, like wholesale change is very difficult, right? Like moving across the country, you know, there's a, there's a, you know, I have a psychology degree. And one of the, um, one of the things that there's Scott's stressor scores, like there's literally a life score, um, for stress. And even if it's good changes, it's still stressful. And the more points you get on those stressor scores, the harder it is to get focused and in shape and feel good and sleep and be healthy. So a lot of it was filling out some of the, one of the first things I think that I did 
to kind of start the journey was I had to change some of the life stressors that I had a little control over. Even the ones I didn't think I had control over. Hmm. Um, you have to exercise a little bit of decision-making that you're just not going to let those things take so much of your bandwidth. You have a limited amount of bandwidth, right? I think of my life as one internet connection, right? And even if it's a T1 line, there's only so much bandwidth to go around. And, and I had to stop focusing on all the things I wasn't going to be able to make much of a difference in very quickly and, and pull back on a little bit of the things that um, were out of my control or that were within my control, but only on a macro sense um, and decide that the best way to take care of some of those stresses were to remove some of them from my life, right? So I think the disciplined decisions on what you allow time and space for in your life is one of the very first things you can do to build some momentum on making things go. And you will find out like, you know, so one of the, one of the, it, it's, it's kind of like business training, right? And which doctors get none of, like we talk all the time about like car salespeople will get 20 hours a week of personal development and, you know, training and how focus on yourself and read books and all this. No, no one tells you that in med school. No. Like, you know, especially back when I was in it, it was like, look to your left, look to your right. One of you will not be here for, I mean, it was, it was just all stress that does not increase your performance right and so i think for me focusing on like how can i but the best business argument is like you never look back when you fired someone and think oh i wish i would have waited longer like when, when it gets to the point where you have to fire someone which is a very difficult decision in anyone's life the minute you do that you're like uh, two weeks later you're like wow things are better Right, like you, you fret over it and worry about it. But it's that way with habits. Hmm. It's that way with some of the people you have in your life. It's that way with some of the things you just got used to doing, right? Um, it's that way with some of the dietary decisions you make. It's that way with, and look, I think that sugar is the great source of metabolic dysfunction. I think if sugar had to go before the FDA to get approval as a food substance, it couldn't make it, right? <laughs> Um, especially with the way we use it. I think that the, the move away from fat diets in our country, uh, low fat diets made our entire country fat and, and out of shape, right? It's about insulin resistance and, and how you process calories. And, but that's where stress and cortisol, sugar is very inflammatory. So making some just disciplined decisions, right? Um, it doesn't mean you have to go wholesale everything at one time. But I think that the way to, to approach the new year especially with some easy things to do that, that I think were crucial and kind of getting started is just make some decisions to build momentum. First, you, it's hard to be healthy if you don't get rid of some of the stress in your life and make some time for some healthy decisions. Um, for me, some of the easiest biohacks I made were, and I'm much better at it, I'm not elite at it. I do not necessarily get rid of all the blue light in my life at nine o'clock. For the most part, I do. Um, do I read in bed? Yes. Do I read from my phone in bed? No. Do I read from a device in bed? No. I have a little nightlight thing around my neck and, or I have a light page. Um, and I will read to slow down. 
I will not read off my phone. Blue light is bad, right? Sitting at a computer all night, sitting with the phone, going to sleep with a video from your phone or your TV on, not a great way to get restful REM sleep and, and, and wake up rested the next day. And Mike talks all the time that one of the easiest ways to help someone be healthy again, get eight hours of sleep. Figure out what time you need to go to bed based on when you need to get up and how long it takes you to sleep and try to figure out a way to change your sleep. I was the king of the three to four hours a night of sleep. For sure. Uh, Chronic insomniac. And I'll still, there'll still be one or two nights a week that I don't really go to bed uh, or go to bed for a couple hours um, because I have stuff to do. And that stress building up, the only way I can get the stress to go away is to sit at a desk and finish my reading list that I've decided was important to me. And if it gets down closer to the end of the week and I haven't spent two hours a day, then I will make up for it. Uh, because that relief of stress was more important than that eight hours of sleep at that point. It was a value decision. But I work way harder on getting sleep. I think that peptide therapy helped a lot with that. Right, That's one of Mike's favorites, by the way. Uh, it's a nice little hack, the delta-inducing sleep peptide. Didn't make a huge difference for me, but uh, melatonin, GABA, there's a whole little sleep regimen of nutraceutical stuff that's made a huge difference for me. And sometimes we need, when we go through that for patients, uh, magnesium at night, I think made a huge difference in musculoskeletal stress and, and, and sleep and restfulness. Um, I think that some of the biohacking for getting muscle mass back, like going to the gym is extremely stressful to me. Not because I don't know what I'm doing in the gym, but because number one, I, I feel like a little girl lifting weights now compared to what I did back in the day. And it's stressful to me to, to take 30 minutes out of my day to go, get there, change, work out, change, shower, get back to what I was doing and make it, unless it's part of my routine. Now, can I do that with going to play pickleball with my kids? Or can I do that with going on a walk? Can I do that with some of that? As long as it's social for me too, and I'm not just putting headphones on or trying to bang it out on a machine. Yeah. Are there still some times you need to put your headphones on and bang it out on a machine? Yeah. Uh, I think cold plunges have been a significant addition to my morning routine that I would not have thought um, were going to be easy. But I will tell you that it, it doesn't have to be as profound as having the cold dip tank at 30 degrees floating in ice. My pool's cold. And it's Texas in the winter, and that pool below 50 degrees, you jump in that water for three to five minutes in the morning. I think the optimal time is around 11 minutes a week. Uh, it makes a difference, right? Even just, you know, and, and, and there's a lot of guys talk about just changing the temperature before you get out of the shower. Look, you don't have to take a cold shower the whole time. Wash your hair, wash your face, shave. Don't shave in cold water. It's miserable. Um, wash your hair, wash your face. But then don't just leave from the hot shower. Start turning the water increment. There's a really good way. Inc build momentum, right? You don't have to just jump into the pool every day. Build momentum. Turn, start turning the temperature of your shower up. By the time you get out of the shower, know that it's been cold for a few minutes and it got to the point where you were uncomfortable. And then when you turn it off, stand there and shiver for a little bit, right? I mean, be cold, right? And then warm up slowly. I think that some things like that are a way to build momentum. I think that some nighttime peptide therapy with... Um, Ipamorelin and, and CJC1295 or Cimarellin, which is the more FDA-liked uh, um, peptide, 
um, was makes a huge difference in the IGF-1 levels. And IGF-1 is one of the keys to maintaining some muscle mass and feeling better. And so for me, um, some of the easy little peptide hacks made a huge difference. I think the M-Sculpt, because again, we've talked about with my back, we just, we're, the episode that's gonna drop next week is all about degenerative disc disease and back pain. Uh, and I think I'm, from a patient standpoint, surgery standpoint, non-surgical intervention with stem cell standpoint, I certainly have the experience level to address this um, uh, from the, the traditional surgery, the, the less invasive side, and from a patient's point of view, and certainly as a provider. So we do a really good job about that. But how do you get your abs back and your core back if you can't really work out without maybe not being able to go to work? Sculpt has been the easiest biohack, I think, out there in the world. Um, direct muscle stimulation with uh, electromagnetic devices. Um, I think that what they publish is a thousand times stronger than Russian e-stem, which is where they actually stuck a wire in the muscle. And that's how they won a bunch of Olympics and cheated. Um, but but, but e-stem, um, direct muscle stimulation has made a huge difference for me because it get me enough abs to actually have a little bit stable core to put me on the right phase for my back. Did I have to go back and do a bunch of stem cell injections in my back and disc again to get better? No. I mean, I'd done a lot of that. Um, did now do I think that receiving nutritional IV therapy made a significant difference on turning my inflammatory load around to start this path? For sure. Was that really time consuming? Was it a big lifestyle decision? No, I read the whole time, right? Like you can, I, I, I it was for me when I get IV nutritional therapy um, or cellular volume, it's a very productive time for me because it gives me an hour away from everybody in a room with a book, with my phone. I return a ton of texts. I go through the emails and all the stuff that I don't want to do at night anymore, right? So making time to do that, and I don't have to redress and shower to go back to work. I pop out of the chair and go back out into the hallway, right? Um, same way with Emscol. Like I got, you know, I had a pretty significant right leg weakness from five back surgeries. Trying to get my quad and my abs back was extremely difficult. My right leg strength, we were talking the other day, I literally grabbed a bunch of stuff to go up to the sport court and have to walk up a bunch of rocks to do it. And I would normally have to have only one arm full of stuff because I had to put my other hand on my right leg to kind of push up. I just hiked back up and didn't even realize it for a couple trips until I thought, wow, like those, you know, the, some of those rocks are two, three feet high and, and you have to really flex your hip to get up. And I couldn't really flex my quad to, to do it, climbing up a lot. So some of the biohacks in the clinic for me that we made best use of for me were, um, but, but it starts with sleep. It started with getting rid of some of my stresses. It started out with reading. I cannot tell you how much my stress level lowers if I take the time to read. And I read, my goal is two hours a day. And my goal is, you know, 80 books a year. Um, and so for me, that making time for that again, lowering the amount of sugar in my diet, dramatic. 
um, changing the way I eat my meals, not eating after eight or nine o'clock. I used to not eat all day till nine o'clock at night uh, or midnight, get up and have a bowl of cereal, right? Um, not doing that anymore, um, changing some of that. And really the weight hasn't been some big concerted year long effort. I'm in the gym five hours a week. It's just not true. Like I haven't done that. Um, I did turn my insulin resistance around uh, with you know, peptide therapy, right? Uh, once a week, a little shot, doused it to the point where I felt I was getting max response. My, I'm handling insulin load way better, way less stressed, fat's kind of falling off, I got some muscle mass back, I did some. So I think that there's a lot of easy, 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 really inexpensive biohacks to kind of get your basometabolic function back under control, right? Physiologically, you have to kind of pull back from pathologic responses. Sugar, not getting enough sleep, smoking. Like one of the greatest things you can do for yourself if you're a nicotine addict is stop, right? Like, come on, like it's 2023. If you don't know that yet, you need to know that, know that. Like we should not still be having that discussion. But, but, but smokers will always go, well, that person is obese. And they, yeah, right? Everyone has a, some decisions they need to make. But uh, staying away from a high fat diet isn't one of them. Staying away from high sugar diets is probably one that people need to really focus on from an inflammatory load and stress load, especially just the cancer potential of, you know, people, one of the first things you'll do with someone that has cancer stuff is, is try to get them off all high sugar diets, right? So I think that some of those biohacks um, have been pretty easy. They're things we can help people with. Um, hormones, like you cannot burn a calorie, sleep well, not be fatigued if you are hormonally out of balance. And that is not an expensive solution for most people. And it's the first step to wellness. It, my testosterone level is like 190. Like I don't mind. Look, from a HIPAA perspective, we take care of a lot of really cool, high profile people. I can't, I'm never going to out them on a show because they deserve to be treated anonymously. Now, if they post something on their social media, awesome, right? But I'm not going to do that. But I have no problem out in myself or the staff that we take care of because they're very forthwith with it. I mean, a lot of my staff will talk to a patient. I mean, Ashley tells patients all the time, she's lost like 35, 40 pounds, right? I didn't even know she, there's no way I would have looked at Ashley a year ago and thought she had 35 pounds to even lose, right? But she felt better. And we did it with, you know, I think she did it with um, semaglutide, right? Semaglutide made me too sick. I did serious appetite. But I think that just changing your disease condition, sleep, stress, easiest ones. Um, a little bit of physical activity makes a huge difference. Do I think cold plunges make a huge difference? Yes. Do I think avoiding blue light after nine o'clock makes a huge difference? Yes. Would that have been enough? for me to make enough changes to, to, to turn into some of the changes I've made over the last year. No, like it took, it took some much more wholesale changes than that, but not ones that were really difficult or took a lot of my time. Like I cheated. Like if you said, if someone says, well, it looks like you've been in the gym, you know, every day or week, just not true. Never made the time to that. Um, a matter of fact, even with them's call, I think I've done M-Sculpt a total over the last year of like 12 times. Now, the good news is if you do a series of M-Sculpt, um, four treatments, whether it's, you know, twice a week for two weeks or once a week for four weeks, 
your response is on in general, depending on which muscle group we're treating, about 30% more muscle mass and strength and 20% less fat in whatever body group we're treating if you do the fat loss protocol. Now, if you're treating your glutes and you want a, a, a little bit donk donk, right? Then you don't you don't turn it to lose the fat. You turn it to where you do protocol two, you just add muscle mass. I did protocol one, get rid of a little body fat abdomen-wise. So lose about 20% at what's published is about 10 to 12 weeks after your fourth treatment, on average, 20% loss in the fat layers of that group on MRI and about 30% increase in muscle mass. Like it's pretty well published. Abs are really easy to notice, um, but quads, glutes for me, getting my core back was pretty crucial. Um, so for me it was, but again, it's not something I've done every week. I should, like there's no excuse for me to not but I did make at least the effort to do it some. The peptides, am I religious about doing it every day? No. Do I, have I made really aggressive use of what modern medicine has to offer? Absolutely. Uh, and it's been crucial because I don't have the dietary means or time. I don't have a private chef. I'm not a pro athlete with a private chef making all these great decisions for me. I'm the exact opposite of that, right? Like uh, most of the time, there's just me and one other person in my house or me and one other person and an 11-year-old. And my 11-year-old gastronomically is very simple. And I cannot expand that very wide at one time. So I have to kind of tailor a lot of meals around her. But we've done a pretty good job of kind of navigating the water. We don't try to, we try to not eat late. We've gotten rid of a lot of sugar. Um, so I think that the biohacking, the change, the building momentum for the new year doesn't have to be that complicated. Mm -hmm. But it's crucially important that everyone decide that it's time and then we can help you. Like this doesn't have to be something you're stuck on your own. If you're hormonally depleted, it doesn't matter how hard you work. You can spend three hours in gym all you want. Number one, you're never going to really fully recover because you're going to feel terrible the whole time um, until you start eating some protein in the morning. Um, it's going to be difficult to not liquefy fat the minute you start doing an exercise because your body's going to go to the easiest form of glycogen. Um, I think your body wants to, and your brain wants to burn a lot of ketones first, so easy form of energy. There are some supplements, high ketotic. I, do I stay in ketosis all the time? No. Do I work pretty hard to, to eat kind of high fat protein, um, low carb diet? Yeah. Do I do a great job of staying in ketosis all the time? No. Do I take some ketotic supplements to help that? Yes. Um, am I on peptide therapy? More often than not, I do what I'm supposed to do. And, and do the injections and do that. I have done fairly significant nutritional therapy at the clinic, IV-wise, at least once a month, usually. Um, but other than that, I mean, what you guys have seen this journey, you guys have participated, obviously, not had to make as wholesale changes as I did. But what, what, what am I leaving out? That it's just easy, low-hanging fruit to kind of build some momentum to make your life easier. Because I'll tell you what, my goal initially was 260. At 260, I still looked fat, right? I just felt, I felt a little better, but it wasn't like all the pressure on my knees went away. For every five pounds of, for every one pound of weight, there's five pounds of stress on your joint. So if you lose 20 pounds, you're taking about 100 pounds of stress off your knees. So if your knees hurt all the time, one of the easiest, is, or feet or ankles, one of the easiest things in the world to do, drop 20 pounds, yeah. right? Take 100 Think of carrying around a hundred pound knapsack all day. It'd be miserable, right? I was doing that. 
I think let's talk a little bit about that part of it, right? Every gym parking lot in America is going to be full. No, for January, February. It's just the fact of life. Everybody wants to use a a diving board of January to get better, right? So getting into the gym the first time is actually not as hard as people think. It's three days later. It's two days later when that delayed onset of muscle soreness Making a habit. So healthy habits, healthy habits, but healthy habits stick around. You have to build it as a habit first. Yes. Right. Once you build it as a habit, it's much more sustainable, but you have to see a little bit of result, right? Let us help you get a little bit of result early on there it is. to help. Re- Everyone needs positive reinforcement in relationships, in business relationships, in romantic relationships. No one just loves unequivocally for someone that gives them no positive feedback. You don't just go to the gym every day without seeing something. Yeah. Because if you do, you breaks it down. Now, can I promise you you're going to see something after the first time you do something? No. Can I make it easier for you to start to see incremental changes if you allow us to kind of intervene with some of the technology we have available to help you? Yeah, I can. Let's talk about that. How do we recover, right? I'm, I'm two days out from my first gym session. I don't want to get out of bed let alone take a shower, do anything, right? How do I address joint pain? How do I address, uh, you know, dehydration, other issues that are going to happen because I haven't fired these muscles in a long time? Sometimes it's easy, right? Like, are you taking magnesium? No. Taking D3? No. Well, that's two easy things you can do, right? Magnesium at night, Um, D3 every day, vitamin C. Uh, What's your testosterone level? What's your thyroid look like? Those are easy, easy solutions, right? Um, if your testosterone is 190, you're not getting over a workout. You're not working out three days a week and feeling good. Um, if you're a woman with a zero testosterone, we talk about time, like less than 10 just says unmeasurable. It's going to be really difficult for you. Can we make your life a little easier? Yeah. I, and I don't understand the argument against it, yeah. right? I mean, unless you have a, an actual hormone-positive breast cancer marker there's not a lot of great data against hormone replacement therapy as far as getting back in shape, maintaining bone density, being able to sleep and recover from a workout and actually build some muscle mass. Are there peptides that help with recovery? Yeah, I think that I think that for me, especially when you talk about how do we get your IGF-1 levels where they're supposed to be to maintain some muscle mass, because muscle is crucially important as a feedback loop. Look, and it, and that's not even really talked about a lot yet. And I think there's some great papers published now on how metabolically active muscle is on hormonal control and feedback in your overall system. And it makes a lot of sense. Because again, if you were God and so much of your body mass is muscle, it's kind of wasted real estate if it's only to mobilize you from place to place or look good and fill out your clothes. It has to be more important than that. And it is. It's metabolically actually involved in hormone secretion, neurologic feedback, we know that neurologically you're healthy and more mentally clear if you have muscle mass because so there's some hormonal feedback loop in there and it's been pretty well documented as of late how active muscle is in the overall maintenance of your health, right? So you got to create some lean muscle. Can you create lean muscle if you're hormonally broken on a high sugar diet, not sleeping well with a lot of blue light at night and your thyroid's not functioning right? No. You can't. You're right? stacking the deck. Yeah. Why? Why work that hard to not take some of the easy steps to take to, to get better? And yeah, from peptide point of view, BPC 157 from overall inflammatory load, I think it's made a huge difference for me because I'm an inflammatory mess. I think um, my nighttime peptide routine, and I have three rotating peptides on the wellness side that I'll rotate through. 
Um, I think that the collagen stuff, the hair, all that was important the way I felt. Um, and as you start losing, you know, once you get past 260, you're like, okay, well, that, that wasn't enough. And then 250 and then 220. Your goals become dramatically different. Did I care if I was going bald at 310? Not really. Yeah. Did I care how well I was sleeping? Not really. Now, or my joint, my knees hurting and stuff. Now, are my overall concerns a lot different than they were last year? Yeah. Does it mean they're any less important? No, because I'm incremental steps. I've built some momentum. I love Hannah's analogy about how she thinks of surgery with back as being a snowball that builds bigger going down the same. Well, that's the same thing for the good too. The first little step at the top is the hardest, but the more you do something, the more momentum. The good news is you can build momentum doing the right thing too. So we, we talked about momentum. I like the word momentum. It's not dive off the pool and then whatever happens, happens, right? Yeah. So, but for, for this, what are some other things we can do aesthetically, right? I mean, I mean you're starting to lose weight. You're starting to feel yeah, good about yourself. Yeah, I haven't yourself. done a lot of that yet, right? So no. we have Ashley and we have CO2 and we have Pixel and all the resurfacing stuff. Um, that's probably, hopefully, a direction you guys get to see maybe some actual results. Maybe a, maybe a podcast a month from now, you look at me and go, wow, Dr. McKinnell looks younger. Uh, know that it wasn't anything I did other than something that maybe Ashley did to me or for me. Um, with with we have all the cool toys uh, which we always make a point of saying I, you know i will i'm i'm the great patient advocate i'm out there searching for every great toy to help you obtain whatever your goals are um that just hasn't been a goal for me um hair was and i think that the the injections like microneedling scalp um dht blockers choosing the right shampoos a lot of shampoos have ingredients in them that cause you to lose your hair um, some cellulars, the GHKCU injections, the scalp, all that's made a huge difference for me. That really wasn't that important before. As I get a little leaner and, and, and get more active, I think things like that become more important. I haven't worried about skin and all that yet, um, but that's probably next, right? Because I've built enough momentum to where I don't have to focus so much on, you know, just not being, you know, an out of shape, you know, fat frog in a log anymore. Um, little, little less fat, um, and, and in a lot better shape. So yeah. you're, you're a big advocate for mental state, right? Like if mm -hmm. I feel good about what I'm seeing, then, then let's take that momentum and carry it on. If it's, if it's my hair, if it's my face, if it's tightening up the skin around my jawline, cause I just dropped 40 pounds, right? All those things matter. If that's what motivates you, keeps you pursuing all of your long-term goals, then absolutely go for it. Are there any other things Dude, you would, I think there's going to recommend? Be a, I think, honestly, I think there's going to be an episode we need to do. And I don't want to sound like Oprah Winfrey, but, <laughs> but I think there needs to be, I think a lot of it is right thinking too, mm -hmm. right? Like there's a set of books that I routinely give to every college graduate uh, or high school graduate um, or lifestyle guys going through a divorce. I got, you know, at my point in life, I have a lot of buddies and, and friends that were women go through really tough social circumstances with the, you know, the, the dissolution of a family is really difficult. Um, and, you know, some of the old book, Magic of Thinking Big, um, As a Man Thinketh by, by James Allen, changed my life at like 12 years old. Um, the Meditations of Marcus Aurelius and all of his different alliteration. There's a great version of that by Ryan Holiday called the Obstacle is the Way. Love that book. Um, I think that there's a lot of just crucial moments in my life, pretty much anything Tony Robbins has written, um, 
Um, there's there's certain authors I think that are you know Zig Ziglar and Tony Robbins and and some of those the old books. Um, the Magic of Thinking Big is written by Schwartzman. I, I think that some and it's written in like the twenties. Ma- the 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 book that I think is most formational for me um, is a book called As a Man Thinketh. The book was written in like late eighteen hundreds, right? The thinking hasn't changed and. Healthy thinking and wellness really starts with where you're at mentally and emotionally. And until you repair that, you got to do a little internal work, which someone at this table may have, you know, convinced me that was important a long time ago. Um, You have to do a little internal work to get your physiology right anyway. And until you emotionally become less compartmented, right, until you become a little bit more whole, uh, and, and, and I hate to use the word, you know, all the woke language of intact and all that, but it's true, right? Like when you become a little bit more emotionally intact and capable of a little bit healthier thought process, it makes life a lot less stressful. Um, but a lot of that's, you got to put good stuff in, like you got to feed your brain too, right? Yeah. And so I think, I think that reading the right things uh, is important and we need to do a whole episode. I could stack this table and ever, you guys have seen it because I've had books delivered. Oh, to the I have books in my car uh, from four yes. months ago that I apologize. I probably uh, haven't gotten I, to. I, I literally, I, 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 if I find a book I like that I think is formational, I'll buy 10 copies. But you don't just do that. You actually sign the inside. You don't autograph it. What you do is you put an inscription in there that says, hey, this is relevant for you for this reason. And you personalize every book you've ever given me. Yeah, I'll tell you that over it's the holidays. Scribble, scribble. Yeah. Which yeah. is so Dr. meaningful. Scribble, scribble. Yeah, I usually have to go get Aubrey to help me yeah, I'm read like, what it was. You have to have say? a nurse interpret what I said. Yeah, about, <laughs> yeah. about four days later, I really appreciate it. Dude, <laughs> uh, Megan, my oldest daughter, um, brought that up um, over the holidays, and so did Milan. Uh, Tessa's had less exposure to it at this point, but she will, that will come. Yeah. Um, but Meg, um, like, it, it's so... Oh, it's it's one of those blessings that you didn't realize you were going to get from your actions a long time ago. But there's an old book um, um, by Frankel called Man's Search for Meaning. And um, it's just foundational. When a guy finds a way to be happy as a concentration camp person um, and, and wrote a book uh, about his search for meaning, um, and it's foundational. And, and the fact that she's given... And taking that same, she's easily given five copies of that book away in the last year. Um, I think is one of those things. It's one of those inner moments of obstacles away. Ryan Holiday, um, Marcus Aurelius Meditations. We, we went to Barnes and Noble one time because I love the bookstore, and we're at the bookstore with you know my my little one and Megan and and we're buying books. And I was like, Meg's stack is a lot of books that I I know she's read and I bought, but she gave away her copies. And so she, she, there are some things I read on almost a yearly basis. And she's picked up that habit and know that when she reads a book and gives it to someone and inscribes it for them, that she still may need to replace that in her library at some point. Um, and the fact that I was stocking her back up with books that I had given her in the past was unbelievably, um, it was one of those father moments where you're just like, being humbled as a father happens all the time, but usually in a bad way. You just always feel like you missed the mark. And which, you know, you, yeah. no matter how hard you try, you look at the end of the day and go, man, do better, right? Like, but that was one of those moments where you look back and go, all that little concerted effort is because sometimes you don't build momentum even in your own life. You build it through the people's life that you impact, right? That's the real momentum because one person 
becomes two, becomes three. It's what Einstein said about compound interest, mm -hmm. right? It's the most important mathematical equation. Well, that's your input in other people's lives too, right? And I think that, that that's what writing a book or reading that book has done a lot of times it's just a way to compound the interest that that person accomplished with that thought process. So we need to do an episode like that someday where it's just like, not about medical, it's about feeding the mind. Like we talk yeah. all the time about overall wellness in the body. Uh, and look, when you're in shape and not heavy and, and not insulin broke, it is a lot less hard to be stressed, right? Yeah. It's a lot easier to be stressed when you're metabolically broken. So I think that is important. So next week when people are sitting in their car and they've been inundated with planet fitness, 24 hour fitness, lifetime fitness, all these different commercials and inundations, and you're full of caffeine and cortisol, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. How that first step, yeah. that first decision of momentum, right? Is there, is there any other insight yeah, like, in men? How, what would you say to that? Make person? a point to get rid of some sugar that day yeah. and make a point to get some sleep and see how much better you feel, yeah. right? It's little steps. Start yeah. somewhere start somewhere and the easy ones are the stuff you have the most control over and that's what goes into your mouth and when do you put your head on a pillow so when you fail when you drop the ball when you miss yeah. the gym that week you know any encouragement I, I, anything i i will tell you that guilt is a very not constructive feeling right and and and, and it's not it wasn't and it's not intended like guilt is not divine like you don't create guilt you know it talks about Though that sent away as far away as the East is from the West. And, and from a physics person at the physics background, the East and the West never meet. There's a reason the Bible didn't say North and South. If the Earth is hyperbolic, eventually those could meet and East and West wouldn't. And so that once you give that up, you're not supposed to let that control who you are anymore. You, my favorite statement that kind of deals with that that's on non-biblical viewpoint is you don't move forward in life by looking in the rearview mirror, hmm. right? Like sometimes you got to analyze your mistake to not make it again, but you don't let it control the direction you're going, right? And I think that little stuff like that, like it's not like I've gotten to be 60 and not learned some stuff. Most of it I learned by mistakes. Like, look, they always say that, you know, the easiest thing is to learn from your own mistakes. That's not true. The easiest thing is to learn from the mistakes of others. That way you didn't have to do it, right? And so I think that hopefully that's kind of what we, I think that reading and kind of exposure to some of this, hopefully that, that, that can help. It's certainly not been that difficult of a journey when you start small. And I did. Yeah, I appreciate that. I really do. Um, I think it's important for people to just not only come to a practitioner and say, hey, I need you to fix me. I think it's important whenever they can look to them as an example, right? Yeah. Somebody that that has gone through their journey, somebody that's gone through not, not journey and, and woke words yeah. again, <laughs> but somebody that's had the same life experiences as they have makes you more relatable. And I well, think I, it I certainly was. A met, I was certainly a broken metabolic mass, but I was really yeah. smart, right? Yeah. And I knew how to make other people better. I just never took the time to do it myself. You have to take the time to do it yourself. Yeah. Investing only in other people is a great way to build credit with you know with the holy power, with the earth, or whatever you. But it's not a great way to to be able to make the biggest difference for as many people as you could have. You gotta get. You gotta approach the world with a sharper sword. And I just never focused on that. And now that I'm worried more about sharpening the sword, I think you get to have a bigger outreach. And that's what I'm hoping. Amen. That was all very, very good, useful knowledge. And I hope that everyone gained a little bit of access to every piece you gave. Because, I mean, you can apply all of what you said in so many areas of your life. That's the beautiful thing. Well, that's that's really all we want to do is just tell people happy holidays, right? Like this, <laughs> yeah. this is our ability to just spend, spend 20 minutes telling you, 
happy new year's have a great year we love you all and merry christmas and like to combine all that into a message that's maybe a little bit more uplifting that just talk about you know little little shifts for momentum can end up with a really prolific response right every great movement started with one person Well, guys, we'll see you next time. Happy New Year. And I hope that you can find a space to apply some of these in your next upcoming year. And and look, I'm not, this is not a self-promotion video. I am still a broken mess, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm less of a broken mess. And I genuinely mean it when I say thank you for your, your support and your trust. And the love expressed from some of our patients is really overwhelming. And th- there's a reason I let myself get that way because it's really hard to feel bad about yourself when you have so many people telling you thank you all day. And so I was able to focus only on the external part of what was doing for other people. And it made it pretty easy to kind of push what was best for me off a lot. And I think a lot of people do that. We take care of a lot of people that have metabolically broken because they've done so much for other people. And it's time to just maybe take a little bit of the time at the beginning of the year and kind of sharpen your own sword, you know? But Mm -hmm. thank you. See you next time.